Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. Thank you to the band. Thanks for leading us in songs, Max. Well done. Great job. I love having the Low Sisters back. Welcome back, girls. We've missed you. And as always, Gary, you're a legend, bro. You're a legend. So um, what's going on, everybody? My name is Sam. Uh, If we have not met yet, I'm one of the pastors here at NGC, and I get to hang out with you awesome kids um, on Wednesdays alongside of Courtney and the rest of our youth staffers. Um, if, If you're new, relatively new, maybe it's your first time, second time, third time, we want to give you, Noel, the VIP treatment, all right? We want to help you guys feel welcomed here. And so on your way out, if you haven't already, stop by the Welcome Center. We got a little gift for you, some sweets, eat that right before bedtime, and it'll help you fall asleep, I promise. All the sugar inside those chocolate bars. So um, how are you guys? Are you guys good? Yeah, are we? We haven't done the thermometer in a long time. Kaiser, we haven't done the thermometer. Do you guys know what the thumbometer is? Use your thumb and you thermometer. So this means like, dude, I'm doing awesome. This means like, oh my gosh, worst day of my life. And you guys just tell me, where are you? Thermometers, ready? One, two, three, boom. Nikki, solid, okay. Oh, Drew just went like, stick his thumb off the thermometer. All right. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, sister. That's sad. Yeah, I'm sad. But that's awesome. All right. Cool. So, so. Good, good. Well, I'm glad that we get to be like this together. Okay. We're going to be together here. And uh, it's crazy hat day. Crazy hat day. You know what the best part about crazy hat day is? When you wear your normal hat, that's kind of crazy. And you're like, I'm just going to take a chance today. And you show up and everybody else is doing it. And you're like, that's exactly what I intended to do, was wear my crazy hat. So, um, yeah, I don't normally wear that weird hat. That'd be weird, right? No? Okay, okay. Well, anyway, I'm glad that you guys are here. Let's dive in. Uh, we are continuing a sermon series that we began a couple of weeks ago called... Wrong way. Called Treasure. Hillary, you had one job, Hillary. One job. I'm teasing. I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her. I'm just kidding. All right. So we're starting a series called Treasure. And a couple of weeks ago, I asked you this question. How do you see the wind? How do you see the wind? The wind is invisible. And so how do you see the wind? Do you guys remember the answer? No, you do. You definitely see the wind, right? We see the wind in the effects that it has on other objects. And so you walk into your backyard, if your trees are 90 degrees, you're like, wow, look how strong the wind is. If you go to the beach or something and you see that these trees are about to uproot out of the ground, you would say, look how strong the wind is. The wind is made visible as it moves through the trees. How do you see the wind? And the second question says, how do you see God's grace? God's grace is invisible. And so how do you see God's invisible grace? Well, just like we see the wind as it moves through the trees, we see God's grace as it moves his people to generosity. To generosity. When God's people are extending their financial giving in a generous way, we go, ooh, Look how strong God's grace is upon those people. 
And so we've been talking about a certain situation in biblical history called the collection for the saints. Okay, this is a, a pretty cool story. I taught you, quick review, quick review. Remember where Jesus was born? Where, where was Jesus doing his ministry? The center of his ministry was in Jerusalem. This is kind of the hub in the early church. And there's a man named the apostle Paul where he comes to know the message of Jesus in this region. And he goes, what? That's for real? Jesus is real? I gotta tell everybody. And so he goes like this and he starts to go up here and he's telling people. And then he moves over this body of water into an area known as modern day Greece. Everybody heard of, ever hear of it, Greece? I hear they have traveling pants there, okay? Known as, there's also a musical, different type of Greece. Okay, but we won't go there. And, uh, and so check it out. So now there are people who believe and follow Jesus all over this area. Well, Paul goes back to the beginning where it starts and he finds out that there's a famine, no food, no money. The Christians there are struggling. They're hungry, they're broke. And so what happens in the family of God when one of our family members don't have money? Well, Paul, he goes back around to all the places he visited and he starts taking a collection. That's why we call it the collection for the saints. And so people who live hundreds of miles away in this place called Corinth are taking up a collection. They are putting their money together and they're gonna send it with Paul back to the brothers and sisters who need help, collection for the saints. And so what he did was he sends some pastors ahead, right? He sends uh, Timothy ahead and some other brothers. And he's like, yo, go get the things ready. Go a couple of weeks, a couple of months ahead of me, prepare the congregation, make sure they're bringing in their Pringles cans over a few weeks. And then when I show up, bam, we're gonna do this. We're gonna take all the funds, get on a boat, hop back to Jerusalem. And so people have been there for a few weeks and a few months already taking the collection. People have brought in their Pringles cans weeks after weeks after weeks, and now they are ready for the collection. And that's why we're ending our series here, because we are ready for the collection. Before Paul takes it, before they do their final gathering with the Pringles cans, Paul says, I wanna give you one more message. There's one more thing I want you to know about this offering. There's one more thing I want you to know about this giving, the final words to prepare you for the collection. And in this message, he's going to use a metaphor. <sighs> I love metaphors. Seniors were like, not AP lit. Sixth graders were like, did he just cuss? What's a metaphor? <laughs> a metaphor is just what it's there for, you know? So you guys are gonna see an awesome metaphor today about giving. It's a metaphor that you will never forget. It is a metaphor that if we do this right, if you guys pay attention tonight, if you guys pay attention tonight, I believe that every single time for the rest of your life, you pull out a dollar bill, you're like, Psh, hundreds, all right, hundo. Every time you pull out a hundred dollar, anytime you look at money, you're gonna remember this metaphor from tonight. You're like, it better be good, Sam. 
It will be, because I didn't write it. This is Paul. He's going to give you a metaphor, and I don't want you to ever forget this. And it's important that you know this metaphor tonight, because I'm looking right now at a room full of what I call gits. Givers in training, okay? G-I-T's. You guys are G-I-T. I think I stepped on something without knowing it. Oops. A G-I-T is a giver in training. And the reason why I want you to remember the metaphor. Sorry, I have no idea. Tell me after. Tell me after, okay? It's like, it's like an over the pond thing. Listen, listen, listen. As, here. As givers in training, the habits, the attitude, the mentalities that you guys have now is going to determine what kind of giver you are as adults. But I don't have any money. You will. And what you do right now with this little bit of money, if you can remember the metaphor, Eden, if you can remember it, what you do right now with the little bit of money you do have will determine what you do for the rest of your life. Givers in training. So can I show you guys the metaphor? Do you guys want to see it? No, you don't want to see it. Oh, you don't want to see it. Do you want to see it for real? Show us the money. All right, here we go. But listen, once you see this metaphor, you're never going to forget it. Okay, deal? Deal? All right, here we go, here we go. Let's dive in. Second Corinthians, that's after first Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter nine, starting in verse six. Here we go. I want you to look at this with me, okay? This is how he starts. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Did you guys see the metaphor? Did you guys catch it? Did you see the, look what he says. Look, look, I'll show you the metaphor right here. He uses the metaphor of sowing and reaping. This is a planting metaphor, not like a seamstress. All the girls were like, I love sewing. Different sewing. I had to look it up in the dictionary. Okay. There is no yarn involved. Sewing and reaping is a planting metaphor. It's a planting metaphor. Any farmers out there? Any farmers? Oh, not a lot. Don't worry because your boy's a farmer. Woo! Did you guys know it was a farmer? It's not a cowboy hat. It's a farmer hat. Cowboys can farm, Becky. Did you guys not know? Did you guys not know that your boy was a farmer? You didn't know? Well, let me tell y'all how it works. Is that how you do it? Like that? You don't pop the, yeah, I knew that. I'm a farmer. Check it out. Check it out. So this is a farming, farming metaphor. And farmers do things to the earth. All right. They do done things to the earth. And here's what they do. Here's the first lesson I'm going to teach you about farming. The first thing you have to understand, dude, this is our livelihood as farmers. Your boy's a farmer of souls. Here's how we do farming. The most important thing in farming is seed. Everybody go, mmm. If you act like, like, like this is wisdom, like that, that's good right there. If you can just give me that like, mmm, wow, this is good stuff. It gives me motivation, okay? Don't snap me, bro. I'm unsnappable. Let's go, all right? Look at me. The most important thing in farming is seed. And so, we, I, this is actually my backyard. I put all of my seed into these things called granaries. Why are you laughing right now? This is so disrespectful. 
Respect the farm, bro. Oh, I'm from East Vancouver. We're cool city slickers. Not us out there in the shug, okay? Shug forever, all right? So look, so what we do is seed is important. And so we put our seed in these granaries because it is precious. But here's the best part, okay? Here's what you have to understand. Yes, my seed is precious, but I don't keep it. If I kept my seed in my big buckets forever, known as granaries, I looked that up too. If you put them in your granaries and leave them there forever, it's useless. No, no, seed, look what I do with my seed. I did this just yesterday. I make lines in the ground. Everybody go, mmm. Oh yeah. So check it out. I put lines in the ground. Do you know why I put the lines in the ground? Because the whole point of having seed is to plant it. The whole purpose of having seed is so that I can sow it. I can plant it. I put it in the ground. And why do I do that? Because my seed is an investment that I'm hoping to gain a harvest. Okay. (laughs) What happens if I keep my seed in my buckets? I wouldn't get anything. If I kept all of my seed in the granaries, I would never get the harvest and I would never be able to plant this. So let me explain the metaphor to you. That's what our money is like. Our money is like a seed and by investing it, by planting it, I will harvest something that will last for eternity potentially. See, I want you to understand this metaphor because in our world, the way that people view money is that money is status. Money is security. My money is meant to be used to show others how good I am. My money is meant to be used to keep me safe. But you see, it's different because in God's kingdom, that's not how we use it. In God's kingdom, our money is not security. It's not status, it's seed. God is my security. My money is seed. So every time you guys pull out a dollar bill, you're gonna be like, y'all, I got some seed in my hands, right? Every time you go to the bank, you're like, ma, we're going to the granary. Yo, tell me the bank should not be called the granary right now. Because that's where you keep the seed. Hillary's not liking this tonight, bro. She's giving me looks just like you're crazy. And she's right. And so we, our money is seed. And so let me ask you this, students, how should we sow our seed? I'll tell you this, this is what I learned back on the farm from my pa. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. I don't know why you guys are laughing tonight. I'm feeling so disrespected, Gabrielle. Insubordinate and churlish. Listen, there is a right way to plant your seed and there is a wrong way. And so let me show you how we're supposed to do it, okay? The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. We reap what we sow. And so if I sow sparingly, so we sow generously and cheerfully, two things there, okay? We sow generously and cheerfully. That's how you're supposed to sow. So let me show you, okay? 
if we sow sparingly, so if I'm going across my backyard here and I'm only just putting one little seed, one little seed, one little seed, like if I, if I sow just a little bit of seed, if I'm like stingy and cheap with my seed, my harvest, when it's time to reap, it'll be little. I sow little, I reap little. That's how my pa always taught me, okay? So when I, when I take my money, if I, it's math. If I sow a little bit on these lines, I will reap only a little bit. I will reap sparingly. But it's the inverse as well, right? If I sow bountifully, if your boy's walking down there going, right? And I just, I use those, all those machines, my John Deere, my John Deere tractor. Yo, I got a John Deere seed distributor. It's called my JDSD. And it's just like, it's like, a, it's, like, it's like a basketball game, like a t-shirt cannon, but with seed, it's nuts. A bird flew in front of it one day, obliterated. Looking like he just got like, oh man, it was crazy. Because if I sow bountifully, I will also reap bountifully. It's simple math. And so friends, look at me. Here's what Paul is saying. Brothers and sisters, let us give generously towards God's purposes. Let us use the money in our hands generously. Let us give it generously, abundantly, bountifully, because why? Because we want to see a great harvest. So how should you use your seed? Generously, but not just generously. You also have to do it cheerfully. Smile at me. Show me cheerful. That's creepy, not cheerful. Show me cheerful. Okay, all right. Let me show you guys this. Do you guys know? And, and I, I, don't, I don't think you'd be surprised by this, but I want you to know it anyway. There are some people, check it out. There are some people who use their money reluctantly and under compulsion. There are some people who give towards God's purposes. They give to charitable, charitable donations. They give generously, oh, but they don't really want to. Everyone else is doing it. So they feel forced. Oh, I guess I'll do it because I don't want to disappoint that person. Oh, I don't really want to look bad. Oh my gosh, there's so much social pressure. Whatever it is, their heart is not in it. And so they give like this. Uh, fine. Uh, here you go. And Paul is saying, that's one way to give. Not, don't give like that. Do not give your money like that. You should go away into your room, pray about it, ask the Lord what he wants you to give, and then go ahead and give what you have decided to give in your heart. Don't give it reluctantly. Don't give it under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver. Give, friends, knowing that you are pleasing and giving to God, not other people. And so let me give you a hypothetical situation. Um, I want you to imagine that your youth group gives out a bunch of Pringles cans and says, hey, take these home and fill them. Psh, that'd be a horrible idea. If your youth group ever does that, do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So imagine, right? And, and so here's my thought. If, you, if that happens, hypothetically speaking, you might face the temptation to fill up your Pringle can just because everybody else is doing it. 
you might face the temptation. And again, you guys are givers in training, GITs. And so this is your opportunity to learn these things. You may face the temptation to give into pressure and therefore give more than you wanted to give. Because my friend did it, because Sam's watching me, because my small group leader asked about it in the group message. Guys, this is a great opportunity for you guys to start practicing cheerful giving now. As soon as you sense that little bit of oh, reluctance, hey, no, no for, hey, don't give it, talk to the Lord. What does he want you to give? And then give it cheerfully. You know why? Because Paul is teaching us, we sow generously and cheerfully. That's our attitude. Generously and cheerfully. That's our attitude. Second point for you now. Where do we get the seed in order to give generously and cheerfully? Where do I get enough guap? That means money. That's what my pa taught me. Where do we get enough bread to go and sow? That metaphor is breaking down now. See the, the street cred, they don't get it. Let's look at the second part of our passage here, okay? God is able to make all grace abound to you. There's grace again, like the wind. He's able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it's written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. The second point is this, friends. We sow with seed that God provides. Where am I supposed to get money for the? We sow with seed that God provides. You see, God is our provider. Did you know that? God's not like somebody that we worship over here. We go, hey God, I'm at church. So it's your time. It's church time. Okay, great. I'll see you later in seven days. I'm gonna go over here and figure out how to do my life. We live like that sometimes, right? God, I'll see you on Sunday, maybe Wednesdays, but I gotta figure out how to live over here. No, no, God is the God of our whole life and he provides for us. And he makes sure that we, have, that we are sufficiently provided with all sufficiency in all things at all times which means that God will provide everything you need for living. Say living. God will provide everything you need for living. He will provide, look what it says. He will give you bread for food. He will give you bread to eat. He will give you clothes to wear. He will give you water to drink. He will give you a roof over your head. Jesus told us so. Look what it says. He has distributed freely. God's not up there going, hmm, which of my creatures should I choose to starve today? Hmm. He distributes freely. He gives to the poor. The poor need it. Hey, I know. I'll give it to you. He's the provider. And as he does this, his righteousness shines. His righteousness endures forever. His goodness, his goodness as it's displayed in actions. God's righteousness is seen as he's providing everything we need for living. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. Look, birds, broke your necks. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then Jesus drops the mic. He goes, hey, if I feed the birds, aren't you more important? Why are you anxious? 
If I clothe the lilies of the field, aren't you more important than grass? It's literally gonna be burned tomorrow. Aren't you more important? I'll take care of you. He provides everything we need for living. But look what else. He also provides everything we need for giving. Say giving. giving. Living. Giving. giving. He provides everything we need for giving. Look, not only does he give us bread for food, he also supplies seed to the sower. It says here, he will make sure that we can abound in every good work. He provides enough seed so that his people, his children can be generous sowers. He gives us the money so that we can contribute, so that we can sow, so that we can plant, so that we can be a part of the great harvest. And so I have good news for you students. Does anybody here say, dude, I want to sow. I wish I had more money so that I can sow. Yo, I wish that I had so much money that I can contribute so generously to contribute to that harvest. There are people I know today who are loaded. They are rich. And they're some of the most generous people I know. And I ask them, right? Cause I'm just like, dude, I, I want to know good life practices. Tell me, when did you, how, where did you start doing this and finance? And they go, since I was young, since I was a student, I remember having such a strong desire to be generous. Why do you think God gives some people a lot of money? Because they're good at sowing. You wanna, you wanna be a good sower? Do you wanna be a generous sower? Good news, ask God. God, I don't have a lot of money. Would you give me money? Because I wanna be a part of your harvest. God, I, don't, I, I, wanna, I wanna contribute, but I'm like 13, what can I do? Watch how God will literally bring opportunities to your doorstep for you to make money. You're like, what? And your friends are gonna be like, whoa, did you read some entrepreneurial business book? You're like, no, I prayed a prayer. And they're like, oh. God, give us money. God, give us money, not so that we can get new vans, right? Give us money so that we can give. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first to invest your money toward his purposes and he will take care of all those other things. Good news, students. Do you want to be a part of what God is doing with your money? Good news. We sow with seed that God provides. Are you guys following the metaphor? Every time you see your dollar bill, you're gonna to try to bury it in the ground. You're like, that's not how the metaphor works. I'm just checking. We sow our seed. And do you know why we sow our seed? <laughs> this is the best part. Everything was just a warm up for this. Do you know why we sow our seed? Do you know why we give generously and cheerfully? Do you know why we ask God to provide us with seed so that we can sow it for him? Do you know why? Let's look at the final part. Check it out. Verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. 
For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, talking about the offering, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission, which comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Do you know why we sow? Do you know why we invest generously and cheerfully? Do you know why, friends? We sow to produce a harvest. So my pa always taught me. We put seed in the ground because we want to see, because we want to see this. We put seed in the ground, not because, oh, look how pretty cute, it's like a little grass. Oh my gosh, it's like pumpkin spice lattes in the fall. No, no, we don't do, we, we wanna see a harvest. This is just a start. We want to see a harvest that grows tall. We want to see a harvest that literally as far as the eye can see, a harvest that no matter how many, those are my John Deere, those are my Paws tractors, right? No matter how, it's just, there is so, look at that. Look at that, that's like, a, that's a lot of feet away. As far as the eye can see. Guys, we sow our seed because we wanna be part of a harvest that will last for all of eternity. Did he just show us a picture of eternity? I think so. A harvest, a harvest. Guys, our little, like think about this. This is wild. This is wild. Check this out. Check this out. I brought this from the farm. I brought this from a farm. You guys are gonna love this. My fingers are so fat, I can't even get them. <laughs> Don't say that out loud, Sam. <laughs> check it out, check it out, check it out. Camera, where's the cameraman? Hey, cameraman. Keep it coming, keep it coming. Can you get more? Oh my gosh, that hat is looking fly. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to blow your mind. Check it out. Check it out. This little seed right here, less than, that's like less than a foot. Look at me. This little seed right here. I can't blow your mind if you're talking. Listen, listen. It's a millisecond. Listen, this little seed right here produced all that. Compare the seed to the harvest. And you go and you imagine somebody going, but I love it. I can't let it go. I, it's like my status symbol. It's my security. But, but if I have a lot of seeds, people think I'm really cool. I will throw that in the ground every day to be a part of the harvest. We sow to produce a harvest. And in, this final ver- in these final verses, we see three aspects of the harvest. Three, I wish I could even do like a cool, like little like teacher, like corn stalks, you know what I mean? Like wheat stalks or harvest, right? There are three harvests. Three, that's what my pa always said. There are three harvests. 
three harvests that we will reap. Check it out, check it out. The first harvest, number one, this, as we sow, it will increase the harvest of your righteousness. It will increase the harvest of your righteousness. Check it out. As you sow, as you sow, as you sow, one of the things that will grow, one of the things that will reap is that you will be growing in your good deeds. Your life is being filled more and more with acts of righteousness. Do you remember just a moment ago, we said that as God gives to the needy, his righteousness shines forth, his good deeds shine forth. We become more like God and our righteousness grows as well. The more that we engage in acts of righteousness like his. You wanna be more like God? Do you want your righteousness to abound in the same way that God is righteous? I'm not talking about righteous like my standing before God. Right, like Jesus' righteousness, he teaches about giving alms to the poor and praying and helping the needy. Righteous acts, good deeds. You sow little, 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 little bitty seed. What is that compared to the harvest of your righteousness? Have you ever met an old Christian? You're like my mom. No, no, no. I'm not talking about you. All right, let's like an old Christian. Have you ever met somebody like over the age of 60? You're like, my mom. I'm like, all right, stop it. I don't want to know. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody like over the age of 60 and they love Jesus so much? And you're like, dude, I don't even know if I can make it in my Christian walk till like Friday. How the heck did they make it to 60? I'm serious, right? Some of you guys have grandparents, beautiful Christian people. You just walk into their home and it's like plucking heads of grain. I mean, there's just a harvest of righteousness in their whole life. How did they get there? They started planting seeds when they were in your seat. You wanna have a life filled with a harvest of righteousness? So, giving produces a harvest of a righteousness. Look what else it produces. Look what else, look what else, all right? That's the first one. Number two says this, supplying the needs of the saints. The second harvest is a harvest of help. When you do this, when you're giving, that's how I do it, by the way, on the farm. We like, we go for three, for two. It's like his foot was on the line. That's how we sow, okay? When you're sowing, at the end of the day, you're helping people. Like think about it, those people who are hungry in Jerusalem, at the end of the day, they're gonna have food now because of the generosity of the Macedonians. They had no money in their pocket. They're gonna have some money to go to the store and buy some hummus, okay? Because of the generosity of those people. There's a harvest of righteousness. There's a harvest of help. There's nothing more rewarding than to see your seed go and help somebody else. And I'm, I'm not talking about like the... Um, I'm not talking about like the Instagram giving. You guys know what Instagram giving is, right? So this, this is what I do, right? It was like, oh, I heard Lauren. Lauren lost her job at the dog park. <laughs> Did you guys see that on her story? Yo, she got fired because she lost the chihuahua, right? And then she lost her mind, right? Because she like kicked a Doberman Pinscher. I don't know any other dogs, right? Like, and a poodle, she kicked a poodle, yeah. So she got fired. So she's like, OMG, I lost my job. I'm broke as a joke. And I go, you know what? I'm gonna go help her out. And so I go, hey, Lauren, here's a $20 bill to take care of your debt at Menchie's. Take it, take it, take it. Now I'm gonna get like 150,000 likes. Oh yeah. 
That's not rewarding. You're giving so that people will think well of you. That's not rewarding. The most rewarding giving is when you give anonymously, nobody knows about it except for the Lord and you see them being helped and you're like, that's cool. God used me. He gave me some of his money to help some of his children. That's pretty cool. That's the second harvest. You wanna be a part of that? Give. But then there's number three. Then there's the best one. The be- you guys wanna see the best one? What's behind harvest number three? And the corn stalk. Like, look what it says. Okay, you guys gotta track this. This is the best one. Check it. It will produce thanksgiving to God. It will be overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. There's something more eternal going on here. There is a bigger harvest here. There's a harvest that is incomparable in terms of glory. God gets glory when we give. Our generous giving, when we give to people in need, when we give to certain causes, it draws their heart and it draws their attention to go, wow, look how good God is. It draws their attention because all they see is their need and they go, look how big my problem is. Look how big my problem is. And then they get a gift from God's people and they don't go, wow, that guy's awesome. They go, God is such a gracious God. And you know what they do? Look what it says. When they say that, they will glorify God. You see, students, our generous giving points to a glorious God. I really want people in the world to see how good God is. Hmm, what should we do? Give! I really want my people in my community and my school to just know how gracious God is. What should I do? Give! Sow a seed and the harvest that will be produced is a glorifying, thanksgiving-filled praise to God. Our generous giving points to a glorious God. God gets glory when we give. And here's what's cool, right? In this context, they, they will glorify God. This is talking about Christians, people who already know God, people who already know how good he is. And yet when that gift comes, they're gonna go, wow, that's a fresh reminder of how good he is. But you know what else happens sometimes? Sometimes the they is not another Christian. Sometimes the they that we're giving to are not people who already know that God is good. Therefore, when they get the gift and they say, wow, God is really gracious. There is a provider. There is a creator who loves me. That means they may be doing it for the first time. That means that sometimes, just like we're doing tomorrow, when we send a team of students and and youth staffers to go give money, and we're gonna talk about this in a second, to go give a gift. There's over $900 in here and we haven't even done the offering today. You guys have given over $900 because you're awesome. No, because God is gracious. And because put it on your heart to sow bountifully. And here's what's gonna happen because of the generosity of this body. They will glorify God. Our students tomorrow aren't going to, to a group of Christians. They're going to non-Christians, just regular people who have lost their homes, who don't have food, who have lost their fields and their granaries and all these things that have, they've lost in the wildfires. And our prayer 
And the reason why we're taking a collection for the saints, so to speak, is because we wanna be a part of this harvest, a harvest of thanksgiving and glory to God. Like there are people who years from now will say, man, I, re- I first learned how good God was because of that giving. How did, they, how did they come to that place? By the generosity of your contribution for them and all others. Do you wanna be a part of that? You wanna be a part of the process that God uses to help people see how good he is and how gracious he is? Me too. They are glorifying God's grace because now they see it. How did they see God's grace? God's grace is invisible. How do they know of God's grace if you can't see it? Because it's just like the wind. They see his grace because of the surpassing grace of God is upon you they'll see his grace as it is moving upon you. And we get to be a part of that. Our generous giving points to a glorious God. Let's be generous citizens. Let's sow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, we just learn so much when we just take the time to listen to you, talk to us. And so now, Lord, we thank you for it, but we have a big ask for you. God, we have an ask that that we mean it with all of our heart when we say it. Would you give us generous hearts? That's our prayer, Father. Please give us generous hearts. Please, Lord, remove the selfishness from our hearts. Remove the the ego that says, I wanna have a lot of money for status or, or security. Make us a generous people so that we can see the harvest come that will last forever. A harvest, Lord, of people glorifying you and giving you thanks. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, students, here's how we're gonna end tonight. For the last few weeks, we've been taking a collection, right? And so at this time, I'm gonna ask the team that's leaving tomorrow, come on down here. Ken, Jen, and the team, I lost the offering. There it is, okay. I want you guys to come on down. And here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna show you a video right now of, of what these guys are gonna be doing, a little bit of these, these, uh, these teams in Oregon. So we're gonna watch the video and then we're gonna respond in two ways. Number one, I see a lot of you guys brought your Pringles cans. You're gonna come down and we're gonna take our right in the front here, guys, right in the front. You're gonna come down after the video, all right? So grab your Pringles cans. Let me see them, grab your cans. After the video, you guys can come down and you can give your final, your final gifts, okay? And then we're gonna give the offering to a saint. <laughs> And we're going to give it to, it's heavy, careful. We're going to give it to them. And then we're going to pray for them and send them out of here with this. All right. So that's what we're going to do. So check out what these guys are going to be doing and then we'll pray. Total destruction. Everything's, everything was gone. Well, today we're in Medford, Oregon, and there was a, actually a series of three fires. The homeowners and the renters in this area, they lost everything in these fires. Samaritan's Purse has come to help with personal content recovery. Yeah, they would have been in a metal box. Okay. Here, we're looking for jewelry for two of the ladies, uh, mother and daughter that lived in this home. The one thing, with the help of the generous people here today, my mother's wedding week, 
was found. And so that's a, a great thing that they did to help us. We spent some time with the homeowners to help them kind of bring closure to this part of their experience of the fire and to love on them in the name of Jesus.